Feel This with Frank and Jess. Welcome to Feel This, a series of experiential conversations between me, Jessica Olber-Singleton, and Frank D'Amato, where we explore trauma, healing, and awakening through the lens of relationship. Hi. Welcome to Feel This with Frank and Jess. And Jess and Frank. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here as well. Yeah, I want to welcome you, the listener, into this shared relational experiential space where we're holding together for the next hour of your time here that we're holding a curiosity and an openness to all of your experience of being, your own internal experience of being, and being really open, welcoming, and accepting of whatever that experience of being is like for you. We're going to start diving into our in-the-moment experience together. We're going to start that entering in with a simple awareness of our breathing in the moment. Bringing awareness back to our senses, sense of hearing. sense and experience of vision. Sense of smell. Taste. And quite importantly, for our purposes, particularly in the healing realm, is awareness of the body, which includes awareness of the nervous system, which holds all of our trauma and emotions. They're all working inside our nervous system. So being really connected, comfortable, aware in the moment, what's happening in the body and what's happening in the nervous system really very valuable skill to practice. So starting just bringing awareness down, maybe through the throat, letting your awareness drop down around your heart. Drop down into the belly. And letting it reside there in the heart and the belly as we invite in 
some awareness of your psychological self. We can do this many ways, but today we'll we'll use the categorical emotions. And as we go through this, you'll probably notice your mind going up to thought and image, and that's great and fine because we're inviting that in. When you do become aware, when your consciousness pops up back in your head, behind your eyes, when you become aware of that gently, but clearly allowing it to drop down back into the body and being there in your body. So we'll start exploring where in this moment in your life you feel the category of joy, which will include various possibilities like excitement, hope, contentment, gratitude, appreciation, connecting then to sadness. And the category of sadness will include disappointment, grief, Noticing the range of that. Where do you feel any sense of sadness, a sense of loss, a sense of something missing? Move over to anger. Noticing all, and that includes, again, all of the various forms. That includes irritation annoyance, frustrated, raged. Fearful, fear. And that's the next next category is fear. And that also includes a lot of range. Could be very subtle, very small, like hesitation, uncertainty, awkwardness, anxiety, all the way up to terror. Noticing where fear exists in your life in this moment in time. And as, as this and all of this comes up, we're not trying to do anything or fix anything. And you may know this, our minds are really trained to problem solve emotions. And we really want to untrain that. We're not here to, to solve the problem of feelings. We're here to explore and be really comfortable with feelings. So really leaning into allowing yourself an experience of your own fear. It is a natural human emotion.
last category we'll we'll delve is shame, which can include guilt, remorse, embarrassment. So for whatever came up for you in all of this exploration, taking this opportunity to practice unconditional acceptance of yourself in this moment. And practice doesn't mean that you'll be able to accept these whatever emotions you see, but just to turn towards yourself with that intention and seeing what's there, seeing where you what you cannot accept inside yourself. There may be a part of you that can't accept you feel fear around something or anger about something. And then just to notice that and to have some grace and acceptance towards that, towards the inability to accept it or the unwillingness or the unreadiness to accept it. Okay, let's begin our next stage of this practice, and which is Jess and I speaking for what's coming up in us in the moment, naming particularly what we're feeling, keeping track of how we're feeling relationally, and also keeping track of how we're relationally feeling towards you, the listener, and also encouraging you as you're listening to us to keep one ear on your own inner experience. This podcast is about you. Welcome, Jess. Thank you. Shall I check in? Do you want to check in? Go for what it. What do you think? Okay. So in four days' time, a little less than four days' time, I'll be going on a extended trip, traveling to the West Coast, nature and friends and fun and stuff. And I'll be gone for 12 days. And that is bringing up a lot of travel anxiety parts that I have that relate even to like going to school when I was a child and some parts of me that are yelling with the tension of my body. No, I don't want to do this. I want to go play. I want to have fun. I don't want to feel responsible for all this. So there's a lot of anger in the no parts. And then there is fear in some other parts that I'm going to do something terribly wrong or forget something terribly important. And I'm doing a lot of things differently in relation to, to being with those parts. And it feels good in some ways. I'm glad I'm doing it different. It's still quite intense moment to moment, depending on what's going on. And I've thought quite a bit about, this is kind of interesting to me, our very, very, very first episode where you were getting ready to move from here to there, from Louisville to Portland. And one of the things we talked about in that episode was you know, it must not have been very important to do if you didn't do it. There was something we talked about with that, that like, so I've been finding myself thinking about that, like, okay, you know, because I have this part that's really afraid that if I forget this some little thing, it's going to cause the whole 
situation to fall to pieces. I'll add one last thing related to this, this really, you know, moment to moment again, it's, it's kind of intense, um, which I guess what I'm saying with that is I don't entirely have control it feels like moment to moment to you know how I'm feeling or how I'm even responding I can get kind of reactive so the last piece I will add is it's bringing back up in a more conscious way how I can sort of come into say this space or some other space where I might believe I I should know something or should be able to do something or I might believe that the person I'm with knows more than I do. And it's like a, something in me wants to give up my sovereignty and say, what should I do? Tell me how to be. And I'm more conscious of that. And just watching that dynamic, not just here, but in other places as well. And trying to be, as we say, 100% responsible for myself and my system. That's what I'm coming in with. I'm sure there's more, but I'll pause. As I turn inside, I become aware of how much is happening in my life in the present moment. And I don't feel overwhelmed by it at all in this moment. But the prospect of endeavoring to explain it all seems overwhelming or seems like what some part of me would call a lot. That feels okay. That's That, that feels okay to me that it's a lot. The probably number one headline is the fires in Maui which are mostly under control. However, it's been an enormous disaster and they still probably only have a couple of percent of knowledge of the, of how many, I think they said as of this recording that they are estimating, they know about three or 4% of what all has happened because they're just starting the recovery and they don't know where how high the death toll will go essentially my partner living on maui and i live on maui part-time i'm i would say i'm in maui every five or six weeks so there's a lot to unpack there my every my family is safe but they are also under a lot of stress. Wendy being a therapist is getting a lot of direct stories of very intense trauma. And we're holding all of that and there's trauma pretty much everywhere. And I, having lived through and lived in New York during 9-11, I can have some direct comparison and as far as directness to the impact this is way more intense meaning when i lived in new york it was a it was a tremendous impact for the whole country and the community 
and it was very intense energy, but I didn't know anyone who knew anyone who died there. In terms of the direct impact, it was much more the, the energy in the city and how it was affecting everyone, which was tremendous. But when I talked to Wendy, her clients lost her house, her friend lost her business, her friends hosting people, families in their home who lost their homes. It's so much more in her, her other clients, husband was a fire, is a firefighter and is very much was on the front lines of the trauma around it. So the intensity level of that, there was just something that I can point to and go, this is way higher for me. It's way closer. I'm also in a strange position of also not really being a Hawaiian resident and yet a kind of one-sixth resident. So I have this mixed feeling where I feel very disconnected from Wendy's experience and from my family's experience in the middle of it. There's an actual disconnection between Wendy and I around it. And then there's a fear of the impact of that disconnection that we're negotiating and talking about and connecting around that. And then there's a lot of fear and I'm going back there in two weeks. There's fear about going back there. There's fear of the feeling of, am I wanted? I know I'm wanted by my family, but I'm not aware. There's a sense of maybe I don't belong in some way. I wasn't there. Mm. This happened. I'm a drain on the resources or something like that. That's, that's the concern. It's not a, it's not like a high level concern. It's much more important that I am there with Wendy and the family, but it's just another energy that I'm holding all in this umbrella. Now I'm going to name just a couple other things, but that there's that. And then there's this kind of big piece around my brother and there's a court situation where they're trying to get my brother put into a home and my family's getting a lawyer and trying to interface with the lawyer and work with there's, there's a lot there. And that's a whole big piece of my life. And those two, I don't know, they're like these two really big clouds that are just sitting here and they're pretty thick. And then there's plenty of other things I can go into that are active in my life. Those two seem the biggest. I'm going to pause there and uh, see what's coming up in you. What I'm feeling is a feeling of overwhelm and this, it could be uh, anger or sadness or, you know, we were talking about feelings earlier and I guess I would direct it most closely to fear. Um, 
So I'm feeling some overwhelm. And then what's happening is like bringing forth a certain amount of presence, wanting to be present to you and for you and, and to give you like a feeling of wanting to give you space. So this feels really big. It is, you know, I would say it is really big. It feels very big. Both of the things that you're, you've brought up and related to the overwhelm is a feeling of, of feeling very unsure and doubtful of my contribution <laughs> in that something in me feels somewhat reserved or, or distant, almost like a stepping back. Like I'm going to step back and give you space. I don't know that having to contribute, this is the part saying, but like, let me just give you space. That's what I'm noticing. I'll pause. Yeah. As you were speaking to that, I think the first half of you sharing, I was sort of in this case of coming out of having shared what I shared and a little bit like, oh, that was okay. You know, where am I having said all that? That slowly came more into focus. And then I was hearing where you were and you having this part of you that was questioning what do I have a value to offer? And there was a sense of kind of pulling back or offering space. And in that, I felt a clear sense of the value of engaging authentically, by which I mean you doing just what you're doing, your presence and your responding authentically just as you experience your consciousness in the moment, not needing to show up in any particular way, but just being right on that cusp with, with me as we process that feels very healing. It feels, it's like taking something that's really compacted into this little box. And two things are happening. One, I get to speak for it. I'm opening the box and that opening of it feels like there's a, a release of some inertia tension when something's in a, a suspended state is getting released. And then as you respond authentically, the important parts of you being present in the moment and tracking your experience and speaking for that, that staying right in the now, staying in the now chat, the now space together, that even more engages with this energy and begins to open it up to the now and in which that this now moment as we engage in it is healing in and of itself to be in experience in the moment so there's no doubt in my mind of one the value of me opening this up to your authentic tracking and knowing of what's happening to you in the moment no matter what that content is is ideal. So that's, yeah, that's what came up. That's what, yeah. That feels really good to hear. Yeah, it took a certain amount of, what was it? It was like a intention, a clear intention to enter the present moment and speak for it. Like I could feel myself in the process of getting to putting words 
to what I said, just within myself, having to be with the overwhelm for a moment to be able to name the overwhelm. Because otherwise, if I just been in the overwhelm, I think I would have, you know, sort of scrambled for something to quote unquote do or say that would have felt helpful or would have felt like it was going to help me feel less over. Like if I could help Frank, then I'll feel less overwhelmed. Right. And so that was sort of in play a little bit. And, and I, it was, it was real clear that it's not what I wanted to put my energy into. So I had some choice. And as you described how my response felt to your system and to kind of what's happening for you, even just even the value of unpacking it before I had responded, all of that brought me a sense of space as if you and I are standing on the edge of the thing and we're looking in a big hole. There's all this stuff in this big hole, but the size of it is getting bigger. But I felt as you were talking a sense of closeness and connection with you in the moment, mm. right? Because I have parts of me saying, I have no way of touching the content of, of what you're describing, but I can, I can be close to you. And that felt really valuable and good. And it wasn't like a, a closeness to fix. My system said, oh, we're here together. That felt less overwhelming. That felt valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I feel in the moment, a sense of groundedness, a little bit of excitement, because this thought is coming that feels really clear and feels valuable, which is the experiencing you're having right now is a is a facsimile of the f- experience and trouble that I'm and I don't say trouble, but the the bump or the the hardness in my relationship with Wendy doesn't come out interpersonally, but we both come to this place of she's in it in it and i'm on the outside and i don't have a sense of what can i do but listen a couple of things interesting to me it it, to put this into a, a meta picture of what it's like i'm standing near this energy vortex that you can't quite see into you know you don't have the perspective that i do but you are there with me and we're together. I'm more primary to this experience than you are. In the same way, Wendy and and are having a primary experience. And and there's a resid there's an impact. And there's almost like there's this primary experience and then these waves that of impact going around. And I can see like each layer of it is this wave of impact. And that that trauma can spill out. So, meaning, someone lost their house. They're staying with a client, and that client is telling Wendy the story of what happened to them. This harrowing trauma that Wendy is holding, and then I speak with Wendy, and then her the residual trauma of that is coming to me and I feel it with her. And then I'm sharing this energy and you could feel the energy here with you and you're having the feeling of overwhelm. And it's sort of mm-hmm. impact that like these rings that are spreading out. And that's what that's what is right now. That's what's here right now. And you and I in this moment are just to be with our own internal experience. And 
I think the thing I want to encourage you, Jess, and by which is also an encouragement to me, Frank, at other times, and also now, is to be be with and own my own experience, even as you're here with me, even as you're even as some part of you says, I need to back up or give Frank lots of space, which is not a bad voice. That's good. That's that's makes total sense. But to not lose Jess in that. And in the same way, when Frank is with Wendy, to not lose myself in that moment either. And the same for you, the listener, wherever those places are in your life where you are maybe in a supportive role to someone else who is having a primary experience of trauma. How do you stay with that relational experience while staying in contact with yourself? So I'll pause there. See see what's coming up in you, Jess. Yeah, I am feeling really curious. Something in me is sort of very watchful. Like, oh, there's 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 some important things going on here, really like wanting to pay close attention. And I know that from the past week of the sort of things that I'm dealing with, which part of me is like, I have a part. And I think this is really human. That's like, oh, you got nothing to complain about. Right, right. Like, it's like, this ain't actually life or death. You know, it's kind of doing the comparison thing. But what I also know is that my nervous system is tired, right? So some part of me is like leaning in, waking me up, paying attention, feeling the value in what's here, and then also feeling a little stretched energetically. And so I'm I'm noticing that. I really appreciated the rings of experience. And there was something in you describing it that felt It felt really good. It was like me supporting you doesn't feel that hard, doesn't feel like a whole lot of energy. But I can imagine that you might leave here feeling more supported, which could then leave Wendy feeling a little more supported. But it felt like being a small part of a wider community sense of support and how important that felt for something this big. This situation, you know, can take all the support anybody can give, you know, so that then I could feel like some, not that I really wasn't before, but I could see the value a little more clearly of like, oh, wow, if Frank feels supported by this space and I'm a part of that, then that's going to feed itself back to people who have really been affected by this experience. Mm. And... I guess I have one more thing I've been thinking about this today anyway, and it feels present, which is I'm going to kind of bring it to me. You can invited me to kind of be with my experience. I come from a family that and I'm just talking about my mom and dad here. Mostly they're, they're very loner. Like they don't really receive support very well. They don't ask for support very well. I'm not feeling judgmental when I say that. I think I'm just naming some facts it's really hard to like figure out how to get them presents or offer, you know, when they're struggling or whatever. And my brother and sister and I have been talking about this in relation to some various things. And one of the ways that lives in me and how I approach things where I struggle is the past 
programming was. I have to meet a threshold of need before I'm allowed to reach out for support. And that support, asking for it or giving it is kind of a big deal um, as opposed to the sort of normalized way in which, you know, in other family systems, support happens differently. So there's there's something else there that, that I'm not feeling like real clear about that has to do with kind of where the power is. It feels really important and interesting, but rather than going on a, a thing on that, which I, I could do, but I'm, I'm going to pause and see what's coming up for you. Yeah. Hmm. I was very excited, happy that you felt and got from the picture I described a sense of your own support and how that is connected to that you supporting me supports the energy of me supporting Wendy and her family and her client, then therefore her clients and you know, circle circle and circle and circle, same same kind of reverse impact of, you know, the trauma can spill out, but also the support too extends. And it was very clear to me what I described of being able to open this up and connect to it and explore it and do that through the podcast here with you, the listener, that you are also being a support, that you're listening to this is also a support that just popped in. That wasn't even where I was going, but it just occurred to me and that felt important to say that you're listening to this podcast as you do this right now. And as you hear this and, and to whatever degree you're open hearted or empathizing or connecting to this experience is supportive to me and therefore to helping me support my family over there and them supporting everyone in Maui at the same time. So that felt really clear. I was excited about you getting a sense of that. There was something in me that wanted to even more spend time with that, almost to really slow it down and let your system take in your degree of impact with me. You, you specifically, Jess, but also by extension right now, the listener. And maybe to really, even for myself, to take in the, the nature and power of presence. For myself, something I do a lot with clients and friends and family is, is being present to what they are bringing forward and what they're feeling, what they're perceiving, and holding that perception with them. Sharing that experience and perception with them to the best of my ability. So really taking this moment to really take in the felt experience of being supportive. Yeah. When you were talking, not this time, but the time before, I was really feeling the listener's energy, like in as 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 a ring of support. And then when I was talking, I forgot about it. And then as you were talking again, I was really feeling it again. So I'm glad you named that. It felt very, 
you know, as much as something that feels energetic can, it felt very real, almost tangible. Yeah. And the comment about presence, just naming that that's the biggest piece is the presence brought me back to the book we read about Mary Magdalene and how, for me, that's the energy she holds is the power of presence. And I could kind of feel myself sort of leaning into that and yeah, felt very powerful. And how much I forget that when I am feeling frantic or overwhelmed, you know, when I'm in it, it's like, and like, I, I can't, I, I sometimes just can't remember that, but I know the truth of it now. Yeah. And the voice in my head, usually when someone tells me they're overwhelmed, I hear that as I have a little detective part because what he's detecting is, oh, something's trying to be done. Someone is trying. Something is, there is some task that someone's got that they feel overwhelmed by. And that's often not really even clearly seen or stated. But there's a part that's feeling overwhelmed and that part's got a job that it's perceiving it needs to do. And that's that's the first part I want to get to when I hear overwhelmed within myself or within someone else is ah oh, wait so there's there's a bunch of balls in the air that and who's the juggler that feels he's overwhelmed by the number of balls in the air and and what is he what is that part doing what is his job what is its job that it's overwhelmed by that it feels a need to do it's it's very much there's a doing energy that's and there's nothing wrong with that but that's really good to what is the doing that's being felt that needs to be done what is the fear if it doesn't do it what's what's it hoping to do to achieve if it if it does do whatever it's needing to do that it's feeling overwhelmed by and that feels important at a meta level but also it feels important in a general level to speak, to be aware of that overwhelm can be just a little signal that there's a part that is trying to do something and we want to get curious about what it's, what it's trying to do. So I, I want to pause there and see what's coming up in you. Yeah, I can feel like a part of my brain getting excited about this and thinking about the gazillions of times in therapy that one of the questions you'll ask, and now I know to ask myself is saying to that part, like, are you willing, you know, to create this imaginary timeout where you can set all the juggling balls down and we can just have a moment. Right. So like, I felt this excitement of like, there's a process here. There's a, there's a question that can be asked and it can help bring us back to presence and wanting I guess imagining myself as a future listener, which I will be, and imagining wanting to give me the listener or some other listener a three-part process when I feel overwhelmed and I forget. I forget everything except for the balls I'm juggling and just the simple sort of doorway of what part of you is really trying to do something here and what would happen if you didn't do it. 
Right. So yeah, I, I join with you in a little bit of excitement. I share that with you and a wanting to see if we can be really clear with the listeners, see what we can offer. The first thing that's coming to mind, this is not prepared, but the first thing that's coming to mind is one, and I think this is really big to to create a space in yourself that that is allowing for complete non-doing. Like in when this is happening and this is feeling overwhelmed, the first thing I want to I'm getting to in the space in myself is all all doing can get put down right now for this time. It may be the five minutes that I spend with myself. It may be for the 30 seconds that I spend inside when I'm checking in. For that time, everybody gets to stop. At least I'm holding that space. There's nothing that needs to be done right now. My only intention and focus is to listen. Not do, but listen to what's happening inside me. First, there's a buy-in an invitation and that you give to your own system and I'm giving to you and you would give to your own system that for, for whatever time period you're going to spend being with yourself, would that be five minutes because you're feeling anxious or whatever it is that for that time you're offering your system total amnesty from doing There's total grace. There's nothing needs to be done. You don't have to do anything about what you're experiencing. You don't have to do anything in the real world or the inner world. Just be time to just be present to your experience in the moment without needing to do anything. That's having that as a backdrop or an intention, I I, I think is the first thing, because once you have that screen, at least at that North star, you're going to immediately start to see what's, what's telling you, no, I can't do that. No, I can't just be, I must do. Okay. Now I'm hearing a voice. Okay, what are you afraid would happen if you didn't do? Go really slowly and be really curious about that voice that feels like it must do something. And just to get the idea of, and what is it doing? What is it? What is the doing that is getting put down? So I think first, having that permission that I, I think a lot of us, none of us even realize is an option. I think it's so assumed if there's something wrong, there must be something we need to do about it. This, and when I say wrong, you're experiencing anxiety, all the things you named as quote-unquote negative emotional experiences of anxiety or anger or whatever that is. If that's there, then I must need to do something about it. That's not okay. That's that's the training. that we're, We want to begin to soften that relationship to that a little bit. It's definitely something we want to bring attention to. But it's not something we need to do something about. I'll stop there. Yeah, it it it's a deepening that not doing as the backdrop as the as the sort of starting space goes back to two things. One, what you said at toward the end of. Um, of settling in the meditation of there's no problem to solve. And then the other thing it it connects to for me is when I said, I want to give the listener who is me a three, three-step process, right? Which is a task, a task to do something, go do this and the problem will be solved. Yeah. 
So when you actually, when I actually give my space self the space of non-doing, and then I say, I am open to hearing if there's a part of me that feels like it has to do something. It isn't from another part that's saying, like with a clipboard, tell me who here has something they feel like they have to do. Okay, you don't have to do that thing anymore, so stop <laughs> feeling overwhelmed. Okay, great. Glad I could help. <laughs> Proceed. Proceed with your day, but but also don't worry about it. You know, like it's just more of the same kind of energy. And, and it's just funny to hear you clarity of nobody has to do anything. 30 seconds, five minutes, whatever it is that really helped me like kind of turn myself in inside, you know, in like a loving way, like, oh, oh, I see what you were trying there. <laughs> How quickly we forget. It just, and it's, it's so counterintuitive, <laughs> I think. For a long time, at least, it's quite counterintuitive when we're feeling feelings we don't want to be feeling. Yeah, to either push into the doing or to push into like some sort of firefighter avoidance kind of tactics, you know, so. I felt a lot of joy at hearing your laughter and your I don't know what phrase you used, but copying to that part of you and like, oh, I see you there. I see what you got you doing there with that clipboard and that part doing the same thing. And that, and that, that highlighted to me, this is pretty subtle stuff we're talking here. And it's pretty, really, really big. I mean, the 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 letting go of the doing is is and really inviting of letting go of our ego structure. It's really an inviting towards a more spacious, open, enlightened perspective, an opening to, and it's, it brings up letting, letting go of the doing, letting go of the problem solving is one of the exact core fears and which is partly keeps us locked into these structures. So I'm aware what I'm saying is quite subtle, I believe. What I'm saying is quite subtle, A, and B, incredibly difficult. It's a lifelong reflex that you didn't even know was a lifelong reflex that you thought was and this was just the air you're breathing, this this reflexive trying to fix problems. At the beginning, that's just the air you breathe. That's just the world that you come into. That's to do something with. To undo that is inviting into the complete unknown. It's, and it's in very, it can be very scary for our minds, for our egos, for our parts to begin to go, okay, wait, what if I don't, if I just stay with this, if I don't try, I'm not going away from it, but just staying with it. I'll pause there. Thank you for listening to part one of this episode. We will be back next Sunday with part two. Bye, y'all.